All right, hey guys, welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus. My name is Shane Winnings, and I'm excited to be bringing this episode to you today. It's called, um, what's it going to be called? Was Jesus stopped by unbelief? As in, was he unable or unwilling? We're going to be talking about Jesus being rejected in Nazareth and how this topic is focused on uh, healing. People use this as an example. Well, Jesus could do no mighty miracles, no mighty works in Nazareth, brother. That's what the Word says because of unbelief. And and sometimes Jesus just doesn't, doesn't want to heal or it's not his will or we don't have enough faith. That is not what this is talking about, and we're going to get into this. I want to first thank you for listening. Guys, we have some crazy stuff planned for this year. March is going to kick it off. It's going to be insane. I'll be in Washington for a week teaching at a ministry school and preaching at a church, and then I will start my tour with Sean Foyt, and then I will be back in Washington and Yakima preaching for a couple days, and then I'll be back on the road with Sean, and uh, it's just going to be like that all year going to be in Israel in April. Just some wild stuff is happening, and so we're looking for people to partner with us to help us make some of these things happen that are self-funded. And so if you'd like to join our donor team, be a part of our monthly Zoom calls, and just sow into what God is doing, uh, I, I need your help, and I would really appreciate you being on our team. And we're looking for, um, I think we need 90, 90 more people uh, to give um, $30 a month. A dollar a day is what we're asking people to con- to commit to pledging for the year 2023. Um, so pray about it. And if you want to join our team, sign up at shanewinnings.com. Just click the Give button. You can get enrolled in an auto withdrawal every month. But then send me a DM on Instagram. Say, hey, I signed up for the team, ready for the donor Zoom, so I can include you when we have them. Now let's get into this. We are going to be out of... Well, this story is in a couple places, but it's in Matthew chapter 13, and it's in Mark uh, 6, and they're virtually, they say the same thing. So I'll read out of Matthew. I'll read out of Mark. It's got a little bit more um, to it. Just a little bit. It's, It's cool to see the different takes from each gospel writer. Mark 6, verse 1. Then he went out from there, And came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, uh, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. Let me stop right here. It's not like they marveled and they honored and respected and were like, oh my gosh, because throughout the scriptures you will see. This is, guys, this too is why it's important. You need to know the word and you need to read it with no bias and just be like, what is this truly saying? What does this mean? Because there are times when Jesus preached and it says they were astonished and they were like, oh my gosh, we've never heard anyone speak like this. And, and they're amazed, and they're marveled. But then you have this, where they start out saying that, and it seems like they're going that direction. Man, they're astonished. Where did he get these things? What's this wisdom that he's performing these works? And then listen to the turn it takes. 
isn't this the carpenter, the son of Mary? Brother James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. Aren't his sisters like right here? And then it says this, verse uh, 3. So they were offended at him. What does this mean? They're, they're like, dude, isn't this Jesus, son of Mary? Like his brothers and sisters, they're all around here. Isn't this the carpenter? Like who is he to be over here doing all this stuff? And they're offended. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. And the Bible says if you receive a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward, a prophet's blessing. So if you reject a prophet, what are you doing? Rejecting the reward, rejecting the blessing. Verse 5, here's the one people just love to cherry pick this. Now he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And people say, oh man, look, I'm sure there were tons of sick. Jesus only healed a couple. It's, it's not always God's will to heal everyone, brother. You know there were more sick. It didn't say he healed them all. Well, yeah, it didn't. Verse 6, And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit, teaching. Now, isn't it interesting that right after that, here's what he says in verse 10. This is literally right after this. In whatever place you enter, he's talking to his disciples. In whatever place you enter a house, stay there till you depart from that place. And whoever will not receive you nor hear you when you depart from there, shake the dust off under your feet as a testimony against them. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. So they went out and preached that people should repent, and they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. What is Jesus saying? Why, why is this passage about he could do no mighty work in here? It is sandwiched between people being offended at Jesus and him marveling because of their unbelief, and then him telling the disciples, look, there's going to be places you go you're not received. Wipe the dust off your feet. Your peace comes back to you. It's a, it's a, it's a testimony against them, and you move on. And what did he do? Here, he says a prophet's without, not without honor except in his own home, amongst his own relatives, and in his own house. Remember, his own family thought he was crazy for a while. Took a while for his brothers to warm up to him. And it says he couldn't do any mighty work there, except he, he laid his hands on a few people and healed them, marveled at their unbelief, went about the villages in a circuit teaching. He shook the dust off of his own feet. It was a testimony against them, and he moved on. What is this saying? Is this saying that Jesus chose to not heal some people? Is this saying that unbelief uh, had the power to keep Jesus from being able to heal? Check this out. Let me break it down for you in an example that you'll you'll grab right away. I know you will. I like to go to the mall and pray for the sick. I'm going to do it here in a couple hours, actually, and just pray for people. Now, let me ask you something. Do you think that every single person will let me talk to them about Jesus? Do you think that every single person will let me lay my hands on them and pray for them to be healed? A hundred percent no. 
I can't tell you how many people I've had words of knowledge where I've walked up to someone and I've said, Hey, can I ask you a random question? Do you have pain like on the inside of your knee, like right here? Super specific. Cause I just feel like I had a word and they're like, yeah, what's it to you? And I'm like, Oh man, I feel like God just showed me that. And it's because he wants to heal you. Can I just pray? And they go, yeah, I'm good. Thanks. And they just keep walking. Now, would it be accurate to say that I could do no mighty work right there? Yeah, I fully believe that God wanted to heal that person. Could we even find out? No. Why? Was it because of me? Was I unwilling? Was I unable? Well, it's not me who does the work. It's actually the Father, the Spirit of Christ living inside of me that does the work. But was I even able to to take a stab at it? No, I wasn't. Why? Because of their rejection, because of their unbelief. They're saying, hey, I don't believe in any of this, and I, I don't want you even doing this. Isn't that interesting? Now, the next person I come across, they might let me pray, and maybe we'll see something happen. But all in all... I have gone to places where most of them would not let me pray, and it would be accurate to say, well, I couldn't do many miracles there because of their unbelief, and I marveled at their unbelief because I'm here to to bring the kingdom and to bring healing and to show the power of God, but they don't want it. So I could pray for some people, I could lay my hands on some people, and some would get healed, but all in all, they didn't want me there, and so I shook the dust off my feet, my peace came back to me, it was a testimony against them, and I moved on to the next place. Guys, this is this is simple. This is cut and try. This is what this passage is talking about. There's no bias on that. That is exactly what this passage says. Jesus was, it's funny that it even, you know, the, the, the writer of these gospels did not put these headings in there. We did for the ease of reading. But isn't it funny that even the writer of uh, the person who translated this Bible and created this Bible put the header, Jesus rejected at Nazareth. Can you do miracles if you are being rejected? Guys, they did not honor him. This is not a good argument to say, yeah, Jesus doesn't want to heal everyone. It's not God's will. Look, look at Nazareth. He couldn't do a mighty work. He, he, he only healed some. He didn't choose to heal the others. No, <laughs> He was rejected, and he even preached to them. And he's like, guys, a prophet is not without honor except in his own home, amongst his own family, his own relatives, and even in his own house. And they're standing there, and he's preaching, and he's teaching, and he's doing miracles, and they're saying, isn't this Mary's boy? I thought this guy was a carpenter. His sisters are right over there. Who is this guy? Where where does he get the authority? Where does he get the grounds to, to preach and pray for this stuff? They did not respect him. They don't want anything to do with him. And as a result, they reject everything that he has to bring to them. It wasn't because he was unwilling. He even later says, just a few verses after, it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Whatever city rejects you. Why? Because Sodom and Gomorrah did not have the power of God in the kingdom in their presence manifesting all over the place. They were still under old covenant, old law. 
But now you have literally God in the flesh in this city, and they're rejecting God. And he's saying, dude, I was rejected in Sodom and Gomorrah, but I wasn't there in the flesh pleading with these people, trying to show them the kingdom, trying to love on them, trying to manifest myself in their presence. Sodom and Gomorrah didn't have that, and it's going to be better for them in the day of judgment than the city that literally rejects my son. This is cut and dry, guys. Listen, I fully believe that it is God's will for everyone to be healed. Do we always see it? No, we don't. But we can't write a new theology that says, well, maybe God just doesn't want to. The Bible makes it very clear that we have the great privilege to stand in truth. And listen, if you're not seeing the truth of the Word of God manifest in your life, you cannot afford to shrink back, change your belief system just so that it makes you feel better. You have to stand firm and have integrity in the Word of God and say, God, I know I'm not seeing this, and I'm believing for it, and I'm praying for it, and I feel like I have faith, but I'm just not seeing it. I will not compromise your integrity and who you are because of my experience. I will continue to believe that you are a healer and it's your desire to heal, even in the face of what I'm not seeing right now. God, I will not change the scriptures based on my experience. Lord, help me in any unbelief. Help me to keep my eyes on you. God, I didn't wake up for a miracle. I woke up to shine for you, and I will not stop contending for the truth, even in the face of all this doubt that's coming my way. I love you, Lord. Help me to keep my integrity in your word in the name of Jesus. That's how we need to pray. We just we just take the humble route, man. We just go low and we say, Lord, your word above my life, even when I don't get it. I refuse to look at the Bible through the lens of something that comforts my way of thinking. I won't do it. Amen. Guys, I hope I, I hope that this helps you understand why Jesus could do no mighty work because they didn't want him to. They didn't care. They didn't respect him. They thought he was Mary's boy, the carpenter. They're not looking at him as Jesus, the Messiah. Um, Did it say anywhere in there, and you can check the other gospels that reference this story, did it say anywhere in there that they were crying out for miracles and Jesus told them, no, God's using it to make you a stronger person? Did it say anywhere in there that they asked him for miracles, but he rejected them because, hey, listen, there's a great testimony coming from this. God's using it. It's not his timing. No. They weren't asking for miracles, and he was walking by them. They rejected him, and he said, okay, you don't want anything to do with me? Fine, I'll move to the other villages, and I'll teach in a circuit. That's what we do. Guys, if I show up to a place and they reject me, I'm not going to force myself on them. I'm just going to say, okay, I just wanted to love on you and bring you life, but if you don't want it, I'm not going to force it. God's a gentleman, and so am I. I'll move on to the next place. Come on, this is our God. So let's take heed of this. Let's not reject a move of God in our life. And the way that we can make sure we will never reject God is by staying humble and staying offendable. It says that they were offended at him. I am willing to be offended by Jesus in order for my heart to change. I am willing to let God offend me and say, Shane, you have a wrong way of thinking. And I'll say, oh, you're right, God, I want to change. I refuse to harden my heart and harden myself in a position that is against the gospel in order to save face. No way, man. I want to be like God, and I'm willing to let him rebuke me, chastise me, whatever he needs to do to get me on page with him. May you be in the same place in Jesus' name.